opportunity to chat with Jamie of the Pine Hill Haints over Zoom video. It was so much fun hanging out with Jamie because he is way into punk rock and skateboarding, two of my favorite things of all time. So it was really cool to reminisce about some of the, the early punk rock bands we were both kind of into and talk about skateboarding. But he does tell us how he got into music and where he was born and raised. He grew up in Alabama and his family has been rooted in the same area, in the same land of Alabama since the 1800s. He said the only other person to ever own the land that his family has there was the U.S. Treasury, which is incredible. He has two younger brothers, so they kind of had their own little band growing up. One of his brothers played drums, another played bass. So they jammed and played together for years. And when Jamie went to college, that's when he formed the Pine Hill Haints. He told us about putting out their first records, putting out their first record on K Records. He tells us about some DIY tours he put together, the close-knit DIY scene they grew up through, recording their new record in December and not being able to tour it due to the pandemic, and all about his new record and the tour that they're finally able to announce. They're doing a massive tour over the course of July and August, so check that out. And check out the interview, the video version of the interview with Jamie and myself on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with the Pine Hill Haints. This podcast is all about you, your journey in music, and uh, we'll talk about your yeah. new record. Right, dude. Yeah. Cool. All about it. Awesome. Uh, I know the band's been around for a while. What are you, 21 years now? At least since the first release. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's incredible. That's incredible. What a long yeah. you know, career, and I'd love to hear all about it. Um, so band started in Alabama. Where, where were you born and raised? North Alabama. North Alabama, right on. Yeah. Yep. Talk to me about that a little bit. Um, I come from a family that's has been in the area since it was settled. So wow. uh, I think they came, one of the, my relatives fought in the war of 1812 down in New Orleans and uh, he settled in. We still have some of the original property. Really? It's, it's only had our name on it. And then the U S treasury and, and half of the family was Choctaw and they lived on that same land before the trail of tears. So it's, it's old land, man. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! <laughs> wow, cool. that's yeah, that's really really cool. What rich history there? That's that's nuts. And I was yeah born and raised and went to school here. I went to college in Auburn, and that's where the the band got together. Okay, does I'm sure the is there a lot of I mean I don't know is like around where. You were born and raised to a lot of people. Are, are there ancestors that bar, far back in that area or no? I don't know. Probably. But uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the people came here uh, in the, I guess, the 20s. Okay. Uh, or maybe a little bit before that to build the, the dam that like TVA came through and built a series of dams through the Tennessee Valley. And so it brought a lot of work here. Okay. It still does. Still does. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's like, that's yeah. crazy. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So how did you, how did you get into music? Um, I've always liked it, man. And always liked music and always wanted to play and couldn't figure out how to get in. And when punk 
punk rock reached the area, that's when I was, that was my green light. So, What were the punk bands that reached the area? Well, I mean, there really weren't any bands that reached the area, but I, I remember hearing about Minor Threat okay. in school. And that, that's what opened the door, man. And uh, realizing that, you know, you, all you had to do was plug into a wall and you could have a show in your living room and, you know, it, it kind of grew from there and we reached out and got in touch with bands and kind of went back and forth that way, you know. Mm-hmm. What was the first instrument you learned how to play? Cause I, I did see you could play fiddle and harmonica and guitar and you got a lot uh, of arts, yeah, was, <laughs> weapons it's, in your arsenal. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely guitar. The rest of them I've just kind of picked up along the way, you know? Okay. Sorry. No, no, all good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so guitar, how old are you when you learned guitar? I was probably, I don't know, 11 or 12. Okay. I can't remember the age exactly, but I was younger, yeah. Did you start trying to learn minor threat songs or uh, your own songs? I definitely didn't know anything about threat back then. No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess... I was a slow learner, man, but, but for one thing I've always done was write. And so I kind of wrote, a lot of people did the same, you know, I picked it up and instantly started trying to write songs. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those type of things, the threat and all that didn't come till later, you know? Sure. But, okay. Yeah. When you started, uh, started writing songs, when did you start to kind of form a little band or did that well, come pretty I had, quickly? I mean, I'm, 11, that's young. I had two little brothers and so we all like when we it was all I guess you could the flashpoint would be appetite for destruction, the Guns N' Roses. Oh, the Guns N' Roses record. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We were all so I one little brother learned drums, the other one learned bass. I had guitar. So yeah. Wow, that's amazing. A little family <laughs> band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How cool. Yeah, like a built-in drummer. I know the drummer's always the hardest thing to find, or most bands are always looking always. for a drummer. And you have oh, your brother. Man. You can always just n- pound on his door and say, hey, get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go practice. <laughs> it, it, worked, it worked for like a decade, but that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, pretty yeah. good run, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Amazing. Did you others then jamming with your brother? Did you prior to going to college and forming uh, this this current band? Were you in other bands growing up? Uh, yeah, tons of bands. So my brothers and I, we uh it started like our first show was 1988. We were children. None of us could drive. Wow. And uh, we, yeah, we were into, you know, Sabbath and GNR. But as I got older and, and got into punk rock and we started to get into roots, you know, I guess you could say we're part of that Green Day wave mm-hmm. when Green Day came through and Operation Ivy. I guess through skateboarding videos, you start to learn a lot about the music. That's how I got into music as well, is the old skateboarding videos. That's how I like, learned about the Misfits and Iron Maiden and, and a lot exactly. of those bands was all from skateboarding videos. I love that. I remember the first time I heard the Misfits, it was just, it was the same as the first time I heard Operation Ivy. It was just, I wasn't ready for it. it just, <laughs> That's a great put, way to describe it. I couldn't, put, I couldn't put a finger on any of it. It was just total sensory overload. Like, what is this? You know? Sure. Same the first time I heard the Dead Kennedys. I remember that surf guitar and looking at the album art. It was just too much for me. I was I was still stuck in like, you know, I don't know, ACDC or whatever. I was like, I don't, right. know. I don't even know what to call this, man. Sure. So, but I yeah, remember, yeah, go, go for it. I was just going to say when I remember the same thing with Operation Ivy. Like, I didn't even know what to... 
and like the music yeah. was just, like the lyrics and everything like the songwriting was so <laughs> beyond me i like i didn't even understand like really what jesse michaels is talking about until you know years exactly. later <laughs> i was like whoa yeah, we, this guy is like so beyond his time it was everything like with 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 Jimi hendrix and black sabbath i could relate to that stuff or whatever and i was you know when Operation Ivy came, it sounds like they're playing through tiny PV Rage amps, like cheap guitars mm -hmm. recorded with a cassette tape deck. I was just, which yeah. is what we were doing, you know, but I, Operation, it was so intense. And, you know, trying to grow your hair long and talk about the devil and Satan. And then the, all the skaters at school are wearing like bright colors it was too much for me, you know. It, <laughs> sure. it, it definitely changed my life. It was years later where bands that were tied in with Op Ivy were playing in my house and stuff. Just by 90, 1995, there was a band called Screw 32. Okay. They're, they're tied in with that same scene with, you know. Oh, with the, wow. Uh, there's a band, Schlong. Jesse might have been in Schlong. We did two house parties for Schlong. But they had members of Operation Ivy in the band and, that's killer. That, that's when I started getting into roots. That, okay. That's 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 what kind of led to the Haints type wow. thing. Yeah, because it's quite. I mean, it's not very punk rock. I mean, it, it does yeah. have that punk punk undertone totally. Yeah, uh, but it does. It's not as like aggressive. As yeah, some of that yeah. punk music. Yeah, that's true. A lot of the when I moved to Auburn, we were doing shows for bands all over the country. So we had Discord bands, we had Epitaph bands. Wow. And uh and and the K record bands and like we later made albums for K, but the time mm -hmm. K they they were just as punk as the rest of them. There was nothing aggressive about their music. Right. You know what I mean? And like uh -huh. like Modest Mouse or whatever. It was total like that it, it changed it op it opened a lot of doors, you know. What, with the Haints, I guess, in theory and aesthetic and stuff. Our first show was a band called Mile Marker. I don't know if you ever heard of Mile Marker. Uh -uh. They're a landmark in the punk scene. Okay. We did did a show with op with a not I almost said Operation Nine. With we did shows with Hot Water Music and Apple Oh, Dr I love Hot that. Actually, yeah. my my whole sleeve is based on uh, uh, wow. Hot Water Music. Uh, wow. it's the split they did with Alkaline Trio, but it was ver based off the cover. Uh, yeah, the the they did the the vinyl pressing with the girl with the knife in the back, like she's holding yeah. a knife behind her. Like yeah. I don't know if you can see, but like all the the weird looking heads are all from that record cover because yeah, I'm man. such a huge fan of, of Hot Water and Alkaline Trio, but not not so much them as any. When Hot Water but, Music, the first time they, life changing. Sorry, go ahead. Well, the first time Hot Water Music played the house, they had a sticker, and that was it. They didn't wow. even have, they didn't even have a seven inch out. So That's nuts. We did two shows for Hot Water in those early days, and at the drive-in, same thing. They didn't oh have my any gosh. first time they came through. There was another great band, Christy Front Drive. You'd probably like them. Okay, they I'll were, have to look they them were, up. Christy Front Drive was a Denver version of that, and another okay. band, Hose Got Cable. Hose Got, Got Cable. Okay, Hose Got Cable came through with Hot Water Music. That, that's where the hates. We were just, it's a similar, it, it's hard to describe it, but if you were there, you'd see how it was born out of all that. Very, that's very similar type thing. Yeah. so amazing. Yeah. 
That is so amazing. Did you guys are, I'm sure you, you play like the fest and those type of, uh, we played the fest probably four or five times. Like, I had a feeling. <laughs> I used to just throw records for no idea. Oh, did you really? Wow. Yeah, I ran a distro out of my house and it's, it's, it's that's, that's the literally the scene we came out of. And I those, love that. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Oh, oh good. <laughs> That's Sorry. incredible. Wow. I, I, hear, I hear these awesome stories. Like I've grew up in San Diego and yeah. I don't know if you play, there's a club called the Shea Cafe, which is on UCSD's Whoa. campus. No. You know? Okay. It's like a little, it's very, you know, roots DIY, like little punk club, but it's on yeah. the campus of UCSD and they try to like close it down like every year and, you know, Whoa. it's it's got like a vegan restaurant and like this. It's a whole thing. But like Green Day played there on yeah. the, one of the like early, early, early Green Day tours. I mean, this is before like Trey Cool's in the band. Like this is, you know, probably even around Kerplunk, yeah. maybe not even Kerplunk yet. On the, uh, maybe on it was the, on. Sorry, the go ahead. Tour, they played Auburn as well. They played. Oh, okay. They played a house. Like It was before I'd moved to town. But yeah, I don't know if Trey was in the band yet either. Okay. We we did a bunch of shows for Aaron Comet Bus. Like, I still do shows for Aaron Comet Bus when he comes through. That's you, amazing. He might have been drumming when you that show. We all love San Diego because of Drive Like Jehu and Rock uh, in the Trip. Sure, all of the uh, John Reese bands. The first the first Haints accordion player had a a rocket tattoo specifically so he could get in all the shows for free. Like. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and the Quadrajets, we did a mini tour with Rocket. So did you really? Yeah, we were we we did records with uh Sympathy for the Record Industry and Rocket did a lot of records with Sympathy for the Record Industry. And so yeah, there's a close connection in with all that, man. I love this. This is so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I, that scene, man, like that's kind of what I grew up like looking watching and to seeing like I mean Green Day was a bit I didn't really get into Green Day until I was a little bit older or not older, yeah. but like I didn't hear them until like Dookie came out because yeah. I was only in, I was only like, I was in fourth grade when that record came out. Um, yeah. But yeah. I remember hearing stories and this guy I met had a VHS tape of the show at the Che Cafe and they, they played on their, their band. They drew so many people and they like had no, you know, no yeah. real basis aside from lookout. They had to play right. outside the, outside the cafe because it just no not enough kids could fit in. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But yeah, uh, they, they they came through our town and uh yeah they had long hair. I remember Billy Joe had long hair. That's funny. They, they screen printed <laughs> shirts on the porch. Like you know so sick. Green, Green Day was huge because like before I moved to school yeah that's what it took to reach like the rural towns where I was from. Mm -hmm. It took a band like Green Day. And they I yeah, Kerplunk and the the first two albums, whatever. But the third album to me is as good as anything Buddy Holly ever did. Oh, hey, hang on one second. No worries, hey, man. Hey, Drew, if you want, like, I just burned the screen. If you want to see it, yeah. Sorry, man. Okay, all good. We're fixing to print some seven-inch covers. I still run a small independent label I started down there in Auburn, and like, we've got eighty-five releases and. Wow. I'm going to be printing, uh, doing spray paint and screen prints all day for the next release. So <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I was, I was looking on and, and seeing and reading about you guys quite a bit. And 
I love yeah. that you guys do all like, you know, 500 copies of this record or uh, like a limited yeah. number of, you know, 250 like hand numbered copies of, of this seven inch or just yeah. like that. There's something so cool about being able to collect those little like yeah. artifacts of music. And you'd probably, you, I mean, I'm sure you can't just, you're obviously not going to be able to just go online and buy those albums. Like you have to go to see the band, go to the <laughs> show and, you know, buy it from their merch table. It's just yeah, something yeah. so, yeah, I just, it, I, I love that whole aspect of music and, and I bands try to and make touring. Them available. I try to make them available online, but yeah, it's hard, you know. When it comes yeah. to those limited copies, I'm sure you didn't put like, like I'm looking at like like the Evening Star album. You said you had 250 yeah. limited edition hand numbered copies. I'm sure those didn't go up online. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you probably had to show up to your show, right? I would imagine. Uh, I love the Evening Star. That record, man. That's like a that was a gamble for me. That album, man. Really? Why, why would you say that? We did our. That was when we were cutting our first record with K. And that okay. to me, to me, it was a huge deal. Like I love Kay. I love everything about him. But some of the best songs I'd written, I didn't put on that K release. I saved them in case it took off. Then I would have the best stuff. And then I put it on the evening star. It's, it's wow. it was kind, of, kind of a gamble of a record, you know, so. That's interesting. So you saved were, them just hoping to see, okay, at least yeah. I'll follow up. I'll have and you know a bunch of good songs i, I remember mean, really he, good songs in your, in I your opinion metallica supposedly like metallica did their first ep with either like megaforce or metal blade and they saved there's a similar situation with them or like creeping death they saved it so that they would have something to smoke in on the second album you know so wow yeah because they always say like the second record yeah your your sophomore album is the one make or break it type yeah. album I, I, my my favorite thing i've ever heard somebody say is like and i'm obviously i'm sure this is a big thing that a lot of people say i've said in the past is just that uh it yeah. takes a lifetime to put out your first record and then a couple of years to put out your second <laughs> or, or you have unlimited time to put out your first records and then you know, like a couple of years to put out the yeah. second album. We were in obscurity for so long that like, yeah, really our first album with K is like our sixth album or something. So it's like nobody will ever even know about the early ones. And that's fine. You know, we were just, we're figuring ourselves out anyway. So. Sure. Well, how did, so I want to back up quite a bit here because we've just yeah. kind of been going off on, on this beautiful tangent of how rad music is. Yeah. Uh, but I want to ask you real quick. You said the band uh, formed in when you were in college. Yeah. Were you going to school for music or you just, uh, okay. So tell me about how the band started I originally. To, I didn't want the school to touch my music, man. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> No, I started in architecture and couldn't make it, man. Went into, got a degree in business. And, uh, well, that helps yeah. in the music industry, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and we're doing, we're doing bands and shows. I got, I got immersed in the music scene. Okay. And so, and it wasn't just me. There was like 50 different people hosting bands and booking bands and doing zines and putting out little seven inch records. And so that was my life, man. So, yeah, and that's what the Hanks were born out of that. But I was in a ton of other bands, like with my brothers, the Wednesdays, the Quadrajets, a band called the Shifty All-Stars, Karloff 2056. I was in a million bands, Johnny Walker and the Crybabies. Wow. The Pine Hill Hanks, the Natchez Shakers. <laughs> but Pine Hill Hanks have taken, you know, yeah. obviously focus 
in, yep. in, in the 20 plus years you guys have been a band yeah it's evolved and grown and and like I'm, a, I'm cool with that some bands are not meant to be like that and other ones are you know i've always liked the rolling stones how they've evolved or whatnot sure there's something along those lines you know when you say i mean obviously the band has evolved over the course of the years like would you say that k records release was kind of the like a pivotal moment for you guys like what would you say like the big okay yeah the first two or three albums are real romantic hard on the sleeve we're just screaming and playing fast and singing about whiskey and, uh, <laughs> i remember the first time i we we did a little tour with get with against me and against oh me, really oh man they had just started you know and it changed it, it made me stop and want to hit delete on everything i'd ever done and so I, after, that, after that, I wasn't singing about whiskey anymore. I'm singing about root beer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, just, it just flipped another level of honesty. Like, whoa, look at this band. It, it changed, changed my life, man. Another band that's same same for yeah. me. When I heard Reinventing Axel Rose, I was like, what exactly. is this? I what have, is this? <laughs> I have a cassette that they gave me on my birthday. We played to like five people in a pavilion in St. Louis and Against me, we're coming, going out on tour, and we were coming home, and they handed me a cassette, and it's this, it's just a little blank tape that says these songs are not finished exclamation point, and it's uh, reinventing Axl Rose without the overdubs or backup vocals. Whoa! Still, still have it. It's like I remember popping it's like a it, relic, popping it in the tape deck, and being like, "Whoa, this is good!" You know, like this is good. It just couldn't believe how good it was it reminded me of the clash and johnny uh -huh. cash sure but it, it's florida style songwriting like i we had two members of in the haints at the time that were in another band called this bike is a pipe bomb oh they, yeah i know that band too they influenced everybody they influenced me they influenced against me mm -hmm. and uh but two of them there at one time all three members of pipe bomb were in the haints for like one tour but really yeah i so, remember there was some controversy with that band right like was it like ohio or something where some kid like, like people have been like arrested for putting their sticker on their like actual bicycle <laughs> right it's happened numerous times man that's numerous so crazy times. and then they yeah. have to like almost go and prove like hey no i'm this is really yeah. like a band like until they can really figure out that they're actually a band then they'll yeah. like release them from jail. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Then I guess they're like a legit band. Yeah, it's happened many times, man, with them. They had the New York, the whole subway system has been shut down. It's, it's happened all over, man. Oh, oh man. I'm sure they kind of get that's probably what the, the yeah, uh, that's kind of, you know, underlining why they kind of did that. I mean, I would imagine, yeah. right? They're, they're, the reaction? All, they're card carrying anarchists and they're, they're like politically active and, you know, they were, and that, that, that's the only way the Hanks were able to tour. Before that, we, we played Alabama for like four years. We okay. played Alabama. And thanks to this bike as a pipe bomb, we were, we played all over the world. Really? And yeah. There's, that's, we look, there's, I, somewhere in crust music and the anarchist crust scene, there was this, there's a folk contingent and the Hanks were a part of that. So it was against me, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're probably lumped into that same 
Yeah. Yeah. Crew. Anyway, leftover crack, I'm sure is like yeah, similar. Yeah. And- yeah. They even against me kind of built their whole thing on betraying it. It's like, it's like, oh, there's these guys. They're so disturbed. They're against the system, but they're fixing to sign the big deal. And so that night at the show, there's twice as many people. You know, there was this uh, weird. Yeah. It's almost like this Romeo type, you know, watch, watch me, watch the angel fall. It's like, I remember when they did reinventing Axl Rose, the scene was destroyed. Like, no, they're selling out. They're going with no idea. And so what's oh, the next? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, that wasn't even the record. They, they went to fat, no. didn't they? And then, yeah, they, went, then they, they went to a major on what? New Wave like, or something? It started with Planet X. And then when they went to no idea, all the anarchists were so upset. And the band got twice as big. And then when they went to fat, same thing. And then they, yeah, it's like, it was a sort of like, it wasn't like that with us, you know. We just played those. <laughs> we played a lot of those anarchist shows. It's the only place we could play, uh-huh. you know. And if there was a resistance, they would probably upset about with us for doing something with, you know, single lock. Because single lock, that they're so foreign to any of that. They're trying to get their bands no, noticed, mm-hmm. you know. And the the scene we came from, it was like that was the you weren't supposed to do that, you know, like. I don't know how to play a guitar solo, man. Leave me alone, you know. Yeah, isn't like, that interesting? How that kind of—I yeah. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, where like I don't—I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and like uh, that. I don't feel like selling out is really a, a big thing anymore. Like I, growing up, it was like it was like oh, Green Day sold out, or this band like against me, they sold out. They went to a major, or like. And nowadays, right. it's almost like embrace. Like oh, did you see yeah. how many you know? Spotify plays this band. It was like if people strive to 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 get that big deal and and break into the into the scene. Like the scene would talk, you know, like 1984, the novel. It's like someday Big Brother is going to take us. Well, <laughs> Big Brother has taken us, and we love Big Brother. Right, we love it. We want him to take us. <laughs> we want like, him to take. It's us. like please film me. Please watch. You know, like. It happened, but it's the opposite. Right. And like, and like the scene and that we come from this resistance. In a way, I, I, there's a song on the new record called I Spent My Best Years Fighting for the Wrong Side. We I fought for that. that. We fought for that anarcho-punk scene. I still do. But it's like I feel like I almost wasted my time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I spent years doing that. And now the single lot crew, they come along and they're like, hey, Jay, but I've known them from day one when they were nobodies, and uh, and now they are somebody. Mm-hmm. And they give me so much respect. They're like Jamie, we want to tell your story to the world, and I'm like, the world I come from. If my story is told, I'll get crucified. <laughs> <laughs> right? Probably, probably not because it's dissipated. It's gone. There, that that resistant to the it's almost like it's gone. It's a new era and all the ideals and everything that we fought about, like racism. And now that's like a huge thing, like cancel culture and black lives matter and ripping down statues. It's almost like it hit the mainstream. Oh, totally did. But it, but it's in a weird way of like, you know, Hey, like my post. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. And then the same line Yeah, it's like, like my video, follow my Instagram. (laughs) It's a weird 
I guess at heart, the Haints are skateboarders. We, we formed that man skateboarding, and it's all about the live show. It's all about the live session. And we'll play in any we'll play in any corner. We'll busk on the street, or we'll play on the stage. Like you'll skate anywhere as long as it's a good like layout. Mm-hmm. It's a similar sure. approach. Man. So I don't know. That's what it's all about, I guess. I love it. I, I was I, uh, you guys strike. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of strike me as the 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 band that I mean, with a 20 plus year career a band yeah. that, you know, you guys hit the ground running and it's like, you're, do, you're doing what Green Day was doing, you know, in, in 1990, whatever, 91, like where it's just yeah. touring and touring and putting out records and just having this more of like a root yeah. DIY based, you know, approach to the whole thing. It is, man. I, I haven't learned a lot, but if I've learned anything, it's some, everybody knows it. it's like life is short. It's, it's like, it's all about suffering and depression. So try to enjoy it, you know, try to be, try to light a little positive candle out there. That's what we're, I enjoy playing music. I enjoy skateboarding and I'm just trying to do my best, you know, like, you know what I mean? Sure. Don't do, you still, don't, do you still skateboard by the way? Yeah, every okay. day, man, every day. So <clears throat> I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm, I, oh, I, no, no. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 was I? It's funny because I I have two two kids. One's thirteen, one's five, and we we're yeah. like I was pushing them into skateboarding. So I skateboarded as a kid. That was my whole life skateboarding and, yeah. and punk rock. And yeah. I just wasn't a very good musician. So I would play in terrible bands. But I wasn't really a a man after my own heart. Man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I never achieved anything with it. I just was a yeah. very huge fan of it all, and with skateboarding, yeah. I more so. But uh, I, I achieved a little bit more of skateboarding, I should say, but, uh, I was still skateboarding <laughs> up until like right before the pandemic, you know, I sprayed yeah. my ankle on my, my anniversary, wow. my wife, I was like, Oh, before we go out, let's take the kids to the skate park. Yeah. I sprained my ankle. Oh, at the skate. Man. Like, she was so pissed. <laughs> skateboarding was like the best part of the pandemic for me. Really? It's like, it was almost like the pandemic never happened when you skated. Mm-hmm. It's you still have that, yeah. You could still have that. It's just outlet. a bunch of bros in a parking lake, parking deck, trying to do slappies and grinds, and like all of a sudden, you, it's like meditation. You realize for two hours you didn't even think about it. You know, that's so when it, true. When it, when it first hit, man, and I, I thought it was gonna blow over. I just we went to the coast and I brought my surfboard and we, I was gonna surf it out, and uh, but they cleared the beaches and there were cops patrolling the beach and I got busted twice and got threatened heavy. And they're like, Did you really, I was like, there's no surfing to be had during the pandemic. So then it was back to skateboarding, which has always been illegal. Right. I know. Like, you know skateboarding I mean? is not a crime. I used to have that shirt when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about like, to me, it's a pure life versus death. It's like, man, uh, it's just about freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, enjoy trying to enjoy yourself, you know, and it's something you can do. And no matter what, you can, even if your yeah. friends aren't around, it's like I, as a kid, I'd get home from school and I'd just go to the park by my house and, you know, kids would show up as the day passed, you know, when they were done yeah. with whatever and you just became a little crew. But if you were there by yourself, mm-hmm. you could still enjoy it for hours on end. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell me about this new record. Like, well, aside from being busted surfing, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, when when this whole pandemic hit, you, you 
I'm sure you guys are touring a majority of the year. Would I be wrong to say that or off prior to we're playing all year and we tour off and on year round. Okay. So how, we played a pretty pandemic, but it was did. difficult. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So talk to me about that a little bit. Well, we, we had done the album. Little do we know it was fixing the hit. We made it like Christmas and, 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 you know, by February and March, it was shutting down. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. Like a lot of the guys in the band, that's what we do for a living. And so people had to go get jobs or find how to, there, there was no safety net for what we do. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like an, a, a hardcore believer in the DIY aesthetic of like, you know, screen printing and putting out records and touring. It was all shut down and, and there's no, there was no way to compensate for it. So it was hard, man. It was tough. And uh, Single Lock just sat on the album. We canceled a tour of Japan, a tour of Europe, wow. two tours out, two tours out west, and uh, it was rough, man. But we we managed to play a couple of shows a month. Like the Haints, you can set up out in the field. Oh, that's and, cool. You know what I mean? It's not like you said; it's not abrasive music, so it worked. Yeah, you can probably all get together with acoustic guitars, and even if you yeah. need an amp or like, you probably didn't need a whole lot of power. <laughs> we would do the transmitter thing where people could tune in in a car, and you know, really, uh, we we survived it, you know, I guess in that sort of way. So, so the yeah, record that, you said was done in December. It was, and it and it was. Each record we make, there's hundreds of shows that go into making them. So even if you record them in a day we'll play those songs two or 300 times. You, you It's all done on the killing floor live all over the, and you, you know, you find out what's good and what isn't and what works. And those songs, there's a lot of, there's a heavy Caribbean, like Calypso element and there's some fiddle music and there's a lot of blues on this record. Mm-hmm. So when single lock said they wanted to do something, I tried to dip a little heavier into the folk world and, my my family is heavily like I come from a long line of folk musicians. I want to bring in the Native American element. A lot of the records I put out on my label, not many people are going to hear them, but I thought that single lock, they put their heart into it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe people will hear this record. So I tried my hardest, man. <laughs> I, tried my I, hardest. I love, I mean, I've been, I was listening to it earlier today. It's a fantastic album. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. And, and how did the, you said you knew single lock records for years, you know, since they yeah. kind of started. I mean, yeah. and yeah. And, and like you said, they have really built a name for themselves. They've, I mean, yeah. Cedric Burnside has a, like he has his record was yeah. up for a Grammy, wasn't it? Yeah. He's the fire man. So that's yeah. incredible. That I'm sure you yeah. have the, now probably having more eyes on you guys wouldn't, wasn't a bad thing. I would imagine. Right. No, not at all. I'm a, I'm like mid forties, man. I'm like, I'm getting old is lame, but I'm, I welcome it <laughs> for, the, for the type of music I do. It makes it better. And mm-hmm. I'm less afraid of some maximum rock and roll kid calling me a sellout. Cause I'm playing music with Cedric Burnside. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're back like, in I've the been day, doing this been, forever. Like, I, right. I, you, had, you had to hide your love of John Lee Hooker when I came sure. up. But na- now that I'm older, like that's one thing that I'll have more bold about. I'm like, 
now politically correct people coming after you. I'm like, you don't know anything about the blues, man. So mm-hmm. back That's- off. This is, this is our music. This is about spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. I love uh, that. And I did see that you guys re-released your record Ghost Dance. Why yeah. why'd you choose yeah. that album to re-release? It's it's a lot of people view it as our best one. And it kept K kept pressing it and it would sell out, press it and sell out. And I did a show with Calvin a couple of years ago and I was like, Hey, I got people asking for that record. Are you gonna repress it again? He was like, Why don't you repress it? So it was cool. He kind of basically gave it back to the band and so now it's on on my label i love it it's cool yeah, yeah. You, you 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 cut the album on like you did it on analog tape right half of it yeah oh wow half analog half digital that's so yeah. cool yeah get ghost dance we did at dub narcotic in olympia washington same as the single lock it was a record i knew more people were going to hear it than anyone we'd done before and we were in the middle of a tour with our an anarchist band from Ireland and an old-time string band from Connecticut. They were all in the studio at the same time. It was a it was a golden record. And then when we got home from tour, a buddy of mine who'd made all of our other records came with a laptop and some computers and we we did a bunch more songs and that's a ghost dance. It's like a song together wow. record of those two sessions. So, so cool. That's so cool. That was the evening star. It came from the same session. So. Oh, really? So you put out what two records in the same yeah same session? Oh my gosh. Exactly. Then how did you split them up? Like how did you know what, what songs were gonna go on the evening star? What songs were gonna go on Ghost Dance? Ghost Dance, like did everything we did with Calvin and Olympia. And oh, then, okay. Then sprinkled it with some songs I knew we could do better back in Alabama. Okay. And so yeah. And then I saved some of the stuff that was like the dearest to me from those sessions and then put them out on Evening Star. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's probably too much info, but to me, it's everything. So <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love your process. <laughs> um, well, I did see you guys are doing a tour too, a big, big tour coming up. What, in like a couple of weeks, a week and a half oh, or so? Yeah. Excited to- for that? I'm stoked. I tried to get one in San Diego. I've just we've had three gigs there and they've all been canceled. I don't have a good end, but someday. Uh, I, well, play- I, I moved from I moved to Nashville, so I'm closer to you now. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, we moved during the pandemic. My family and I wow. were like, let's it's wow. the time is now. Let's 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 yeah. move to Music City and and, and wow. soak this up. So um you we're know, really we, excited. The first places we would play ever out of town was in Nashville at Lower Broad. It was called Layla's. Well, back then, it was called Jim and Layla's. Okay. I would see- come up and play there all the time, man. Uh, we and- haven't even had a chance to really, you know, still, soak still up the scene Broadway. at all. Yeah, it's still there, but it's like Disney World now. It oh, is it on Broadway? It is. Okay. Back so then- we've only been down there a couple times, and it's yeah. like, like you said, it's like Disneyland. It's total like tourist. Yeah, I lived in San Francisco for a while. It's like we never went to like the war Fisherman's yeah. Wharf or like certain areas because you're like, OK, right. like tourist central. Like, I feel like that's kind of Nashville's little yeah. <laughs> tourist street. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to like really, you know, like I said, nobody was playing shows when we got here. Yeah, I feel I was, you, man. Chris, 
He's Cut. a good friend of mine. If you ever see him around up there, what's his name? I'm sorry, Chris Scruggs. Okay, look him up. He's doing stuff up there now, and it's great, man. Cool. I will check him yeah. out. I will yeah. check him out. So you guys are doing quite a bit. You're doing what, like a month and a half? No, not necessarily. We have a month and a half's worth of shows. Okay. Not, not all in one pool. So. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of gigs coming up, man. I know that's exciting. A lot of, and then obviously, you're able to support this record. Yeah, something that a lot of bands haven't had a chance to do in a year and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna try, man. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, thank you so much, man, for for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, man. This has you been got, so much fun. I guess I'll log out and. Well, I want to have one more question for you. Yeah. Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yeah, I do. Um, be true as you can. Write as good songs and lyrics as you can and ignore the social media aspect. Like, because uh, you can have all the bells and whistles in the world that you want, but people that actually write and work, that's what makes the ball move. And that's, you know, make sure your substance is good. It doesn't mean anything if there's nothing behind it, you know. Be sure, and you gotta love it. Be sure you love it. I, that's probably a very unorganized way of expressing it. But uh, so many kids today, you, they're worried about getting the domain name and the this, that, and the other, and the colors and the looks and the flash. Just make sure your band, make sure your songs are good and your band is good and you like doing it. And, and after after that, it's all cherries and cream on top, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just make, make sure you can play. It's like uh, beyond that, you don't even need any of that stuff. You know, you can exist outside of it. We have before and we probably will again. So. <laughs> <laughs>